Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. So what's the topic for the day, Ken? Uh, today we're going to talk about the virtue job. Courage, prudence, steadfastness, chastity, that sort of thing? I, I know it sounds old-fashioned, you know, uh, but uh, some philosophers, profound philosophers like Aristotle, would say that virtue is the key to a happy life, a well-lived life. Virtue, the key to a happy life? Ken, you got to be kidding. Even Mr. Virtue himself, Bill Bennett, seems to enjoy gambling. Uh, what's going on here? Does anybody really believe this? Well, let's see what our audience thinks. Is virtue really the key to happiness, as Aristotle says? Or can you get by with a little vice, as John said? Stay tuned for an hour of philosophy talk after five minutes of news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Uh, our discussion comes to you from the studios of KALW, Information Radio in San Francisco. Uh, usually you can find us hanging out around Philosophy Corner on the Stanford campus. Uh, today, we're talking about virtue and vice. Uh, John, tell me, uh, what is virtue? You yeah, uh, what is virtue? Well, I don't know what virtue is, but a virtue is usually just thought to be a good character trait. And when we were Boy Scouts, we learned a whole list of them, you know, trustworthy, loyal. I guess we didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> learn them all. And, and ten, yeah, ten, so, ten, ten others. Yeah, ten such others, and so. Right. I mean, what's the big deal, though, about virtue? Uh, I mean, uh, is virtue uh, like a deep and important thing? Or well, you know, I've been teaching ethics for the last couple of years, and I found that there's kind of a paradox. Uh, when you talk about virtue and Aristotle's golden mean and, and the way he thinks about it, students really find that useful. But contemporary ethical discussion usually is either interested in consequences, what's the result of what I'm going to do, utilitarianism, right. or rules, Kantianism, you know, or uh, something like that. So, yeah. so is there a virtue ethics? How does it uh, fit in? There is a virtue ethics. I mean, it started a long time ago with the Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, all those guys. The, the entire ancient history of ethics, the entire history of ethics in the, in, in the Western world is largely concerned with virtue. And it's a, it's, a, it's a new thing, you know. But it's coming back. I mean, there's all these people called virtue ethics. But let's think about what, it, what yeah, exactly... Yeah, tell, tell, tell me what's the difference now. Uh, well, a virtue, you said virtue is about character traits. Aristotle said virtue is about being an excellent human being, having skill at living. Think of like a... And, and you can't reduce it to rules. Think of like a point guard. Right, who's on a basketball court? He's got yeah, to decide. Arist Aristotle didn't play basketball. No, but he, but he would like this analogy. I think okay. you're on a basketball court. You're the point guard. You got to decide whether to shoot, pass the ball, drive for the basket, shoot from the perimeter. And there's not any, there aren't any rules that can tell you that. If you're a good point guard, you just know how to perceive a situation, how to size it up, and make the right decision. And virtue is like making the right decisions in life, because you have this this ability to just know what the right thing to do in a so mo situation. morality is more a matter of skill rather than assessing consequences or following rules. Right, it's skill at living, you know. Now, how about Aristotle's doctrine of the golden mean? Student, students really like that. that. Aristotle thought that that for every virtue there were two vices, uh, one of which was too little of something and one of which was too much of something. Give me an example. Well, courage uh, would be how much fear of death do you have? If you have too much, you're a coward. If you have too little, you're foolhardy. Yeah. If you have just right... You're courageous, and and you know, or or uh, now one rather odd one is he says that uh, uh, claiming honors. I reread the works of Aristotle in preparation for the show. Vanity is too too much. 
humility. Pride is to it's just the right it's amount. just the right amount, and, and humility is too little. Yet I was taught in Sunday school that humility is a virtue, well, not and only pride it. goeth before a fall. Right. That shows you the difference between the Christian virtues and the Aristotelian ones. Uh, you know, but and there might and some people they used to think there were womanly virtues and manly virtues. Uh, so how virtues we of youth, v- virtues of old age. How are we gonna choose the right virtues? What are, and what are the virtues of old age? Those sound well, interesting to well, me for some reason. Maybe uh, Amy Standen, a roving philosophical reporter, can tell us. She uh, filed this report. Your promoted colonel. What for? Take the honor, colonel. We're near the end of the movie Lawrence of Arabia. Prince Faisal, leader of the Arabs, is sitting down to negotiate with the British for his people's freedom. Uh, There's nothing further here for a warrior. We drive bargains, old men's work. Young men make wars, and the virtues of war are the virtues of young men. Courage and hope for the future. Then old men make the peace. Faisal is a virtuous man, but he's also an old man. And what comes with that, he tells us, is a surfeit of one specific virtue, caution. And the vices of peace are the vices of old men, mistrust and caution. It must be so. Our virtue taken in isolation runs a certain risk of destroying itself. John Langan is a Jesuit priest and a professor of moral philosophy at Georgetown University. When you are prudent and that's the only, the only virtue you're really comfortable with, you can sometimes wind up with a caricature in which prudence turns into caution, which is a, an attitude that may be justified, but often is not. You know, If a parent sees a child after a long absence, you don't want a measured, cautious response. <laughs> the virtuous person you know, throws arms around the other person rather than thinking, well, you know, this, this requires a lot of discernment. Being virtuous is a lot more complicated than just having virtues. Take Lawrence of Arabia. He begins the movie a young man, valiantly defending the Arabs from invading Turks. Lawrence is a brave and brilliant soldier, but along the way he becomes disillusioned with the bloodiness of war. We took them prisoners, the entire garrison. No, that's not true. We killed some. Too many, really. I'll manage it better next time. It's been a lot of killing, one way or another. Which brings up an interesting point. It may be virtuous to be brave, but does it matter which side you're on? Say the Americans who landed on the beaches at Normandy showed courage. What do you think the Germans who were on the other side of that showed? If they behave as brave, disciplined soldiers struggling against odds, shouldn't we call that courage? We don't want to have a theory which, in effect, says you apply virtue terms only to people who are on your side. The terrorists, the Nazi officers, and soldiers meet a lot of the empirical standards for courageous behavior. They're lacking in some of the moral requirements for saying this is virtue in a strong sense. When you call somebody virtuous, that's a kind of moral endorsement. Well, sir. In the end, Lawrence grows sick of fighting and returns home to England. You could say he's become an old man at last. He's run out of one virtue, courage, and developed too much of another, caution, to keep up the fight. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. Want to hear more? You can hear the rest of the program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. 
Or, for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.